Welcome to Hacker Public Radio. This is an episode of Unknown Proportions, since I do not have it pulled up and I can't tell you. But we got a special episode for you today. Either way, we have a special guest that would be Red Anthrax, if I pronounced it correctly. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> um, today we'll be talking about the EEPC, Asus's little ultramobile, not ultramobile PC. Um, it is a complete, fully functional laptop, and we'll also be talking about its use with Backtrack 3 Beta. So, <laughs> Red, if you don't mind me calling you that, we, uh, you've never, you don't have the EEPC, correct? Uh, not yet. Not yet, but you're planning on getting it. Um, do you know the differences? We'll, we'll just go over the differences real quick, and it might help you decide which one you want. They actually have uh, four models out right now. Uh, the 4G in Surf and Galaxy... Uh, I'm sorry. The Surf and... I'm, I guess it's Galaxy. There's two models, and they're $50 different uh, on the 4G. You get webcam, no webcam. Carrying case, no carrying case. And, I mean, the carrying case is not that big of a deal. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so, um, they also have the 8G and the 2G. The two 4Gs are 399 and 349 The 8G is 499 and the 2G is 299 And then what these Gs are um, alluding to are, is the amount of solid-state disk drive, or the only hard drive that it has, space that it has available. So, um, that's not very much when it comes to the size of drives out there today. But, yeah, well, it's enough. They're, uh, they're solid state, though, aren't they? Exactly. And, and, and the great thing, there's one thing that everybody knows that solid state is ultra fast. So, and low power. That's a lot of uh, what the hype is about these things right now. But the thing that isn't really out there and isn't very um, well talked about is its durability. Like, the EEPC is a tiny little laptop, but the great thing about it is that there are no moving parts. There's no optical drive, which is downfall in some aspects, but uh, an up or a positive in others. It has, like I said, no optical drive, so what you're looking at is not a single moving part on this thing. That's great because if you're a, if you're a road warrior, you're looking at jostling this thing around in your backpack for days, like 20 days out of the month. So Oh, right, right. You go through laptops but, uh, like gravy. Um... Uh, one of the recent movies that I saw uh, featured a kid running around in all kinds of action. Uh, he probably, it looked like he had something like the EPC. But uh, okay. I was also kind of reminded about it from the, I think it was the $100 laptop project. Where, oh, the, uh, uh, the OMPC, one laptop per child, OLPC, one laptop per child. Oh, right, right, yeah. Uh, I guess that was supposed to be ultra durable too. Right, it's supposed to survive Africa. (laughs) 
Right, right. Um, um, and the 4G... But, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, I, I was just, it was just one of my concerns about the solid-state drive is uh, how easy it is for data to get corrupted on a solid-state drive. You know, I don't know. Um, I'll be honest, I really, I don't know if that's an issue at all. Is that, would there be a difference in the, in the corruption ratio or however you want to speak of it uh, between solid-state disk and regular hard disk? I mean, it doesn't really determine, it's not really determined on the head, is it? Is it, it's determined well, by the operating system, correct? I'm, I wasn't too sure. Cause I, or I, file system. I thought it was just a rumor or something that I heard, but. I'm not too positive on it. Okay, well, um, after the show, I'll look into it, and we'll we'll include in the show notes. Let me write that down real quick. Um, all right. Um, so, also, today we'll be talking about Backtrack 3 Beta. And uh, we talked a little bit before the show. You said that you tried Backtrack 2 quite extensively, but not had the chance for Backtrack 3 yet. Yeah, it, I just haven't I just haven't downloaded the ISO yet, I guess. So, it, they released the beta, and it is beta, um, in two forms, in the USB form and in ISO form, like always. The USB form is pretty cool. Uh, what you can do with it is plug in a, any USB stick that's a gig or larger, into your Windows XP or Linux uh, distro, and it doesn't have to be XP, any Windows distro, and you run this bat file, or the shell script, depending on if you're running Linux or not, and it'll install the master boot record, it'll install uh, Backtrack, and it, well, it really doesn't install, it just edits the master boot record of the USB stick, and has those two folders that are pushed or copied onto the USB stick. Um, and that's it. And you run, and you boot to it, and it works fantastically. Wow, that sounds pretty easy. Do you have to specify yeah. the drive letter in the boot file? or? Um, whenever you run the script, it'll ask you for it. But normally oh, it's right. just... Nor, uh, what it what it'll default to is where it's being run from. So if you copy the two folders over first and then run it, it'll default to the drive to the USB stick that you currently have in. So you won't have to figure out what what drive or uh, or HDA, HDC, SDA, whatever it is on oh, okay. your. Okay, so um, it, it it pretty much does it all for you then. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty dubbing proof. It, I'm really happy with how it turned out and uh, what they did with it. So, um, how this all ties in with the the EEPC is it the EEPC has a solid state disk, but it also has an SD card slot, and this SD card slot is SDHC. So you can uh, put high capacity uh, SD cards in there and run operating systems off of the SD card because they can boot directly to the SD card. So, on my EEPC, and I have the 4G, uh, the Galaxy, the the black 4G with oh, the yeah. webcam. Of course. <laughs> like everybody else. And uh, and I boot Backtrack 3 beta off of the SD card. 
Um, I have XP on on the 4G uh, solid state just for, just for testing because I am part of the, <laughs> and I guess I have to get the plugs in now. But eeehackers.com uh, group, and I'll, I'm doing some reviews and some testing out on this thing. But the the cool thing is that Backtrack Three, they the, I I got word that. They delayed the release of beta for one specific reason, and that was for the compatibility with the EEE PC. So they designed at the at the end stages of Backtrack 3 beta, so that they designed Backtrack so that it'd work with the EEE PC, and and it really does. It works flawlessly. the The resolution hits it perfect. Um, and it's an odd resolution. It's 800 by 480 on the 7 inch screen. screen. And, and it just comes up perfectly. The only thing I don't like about the, the distro at a, in its current state is that it automatically connects to an access point that's open, no matter what it's called. So, it, it I mean, it's good and bad in some cases where it will find an access point and get you internet access. So some people might like it, but I don't like to be uh, connecting myself to everything as soon as you know oh. I turn on my PC. There's no setting or anything to change that right now. Well, it's the USB version doesn't have a static. Uh, it has a static point of uh, reference for settings. So whenever you, every time you boot, it's not different. It's not how you saved it the last time. It's Oh, okay. um, back to normal. It's like booting the live CD. So mm-hmm. they're they're working on the installation portion now. I I tried it, um, and it didn't work so well for me. Uh, so that's partially partially why they're in beta. You know, you got to test things out, and make sure they work. Well, yeah, that's that's the whole point of beta. Just get all that stuff worked out. Right. So. A couple of the other cool things about the EPCs, other than its durability, its battery life is amazing. It's rated to have a, let me see, let me pull up the stats real quick, um, rated to have a 3.5 hour battery life, where it really uh-huh. is uh, so much more. I had it going for probably 5 plus hours, and all I was doing was surfing the web, I wasn't pushing it hard. Um, and it did amazing. It it had like twenty percent battery life left when I turned this thing off. It was crazy. Well, I I heard it was only going to have like two hours, or is that like a different model? The four uh, G Surf, the lower non webcam version, and the two G Surf. Uh, that's at three ninety nine. Supposedly have a two point eight hour battery life. I don't know why, um, and that's for an electrician to kind of explain, but battery must be stronger, bigger, better in the uh, 4G galaxies and above. can't tell you. I have no idea why. Right. Well, it seems Um, like, you know, with the $50 difference, why go with the cheaper, crappier one? Right. Yeah, quite literally. Uh... 
I guess cost. I really don't. I don't see why you'd want it. I mean, some of the downfalls is one the uh, the RAM also supposedly on according to eeuser.com's wiki, and they got a great wiki. It says the that the RAM slot on the 4G Surf and the uh, the 2G Surf looks like it's soldered on so you can't change it so it's 512 no matter what you got whereas my 4G Galaxy I instantly upgraded it from 512 to uh to get 2 gigs yeah definitely but that's that's amazing uh, that your battery power still lasts that long even with that much uh of an increase yeah I have no idea. Like, like I said, I have no idea how it, it does so well, but it does. Well, it might have something to do with the solid state drive thing too. Yeah. But um, I remember, I remember when I first heard about it. It was only supposed to be like two hundred and fifty bucks, or something like that. Yeah. Well, they they cram so much into this thing that I, I you know, four hundred bucks is a steal for what it can do. It really is. It has three USB ports. It has a VGA out, so technically you could ha- you could have this thing closed, have a extra monitor, keyboard, and mouse, and just use it as a desktop PC that runs. The only th- the only bad part is it's a 900 megahertz Celeron M ULV, um, but it doesn't run like a 900 megahertz machine. I have a I had a 900 megahertz. Uh, tablet. It's old piece of crap tablet at work. And this thing flies faster than it. I mean, tons faster. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But, uh, um, the, uh, the, US, the extra USB slots, has anybody tried running the OS off of, like, an external drive? Using the, yes. the USB slots? Yeah, I, uh, the way I installed Backtrack onto the SD card, since I didn't... It comes with um, Xandros, which is a fully functional Linux distro as soon as you get it out of uh, easy mode or whatever it's called. They have an advanced mode that it's that there's plenty of wiki articles or, or, or tutorials on how to get it out of. Uh, but I wanted to put XP on there so I could use it for um, other means, <laughs> nefarious means. Uh, so, <sighs> what was I saying? I just lost my train of thought. So I I got XP on the on the solid state disk. The but before I did, I had no other way of getting backtrack on my SD card because I didn't have a high capacity slot anywhere. I didn't have one just lying around that I could plug into a computer or anything. So what I did was I installed backtrack 3 beta on my USB stick, my 1 gig USB stick, plugged it in, booted to it, then had the SD card slot plugged in there, copied all the files over, ran the the, um, USB the shell script this time because it works within Linux run the shell script this time and and it installed to the uh, SD card just fine it runs perfectly oh that's good 
So, how's how XP on there? XP runs all right. Um, the default install of XP cuts close because it's a it's a two gig install, and it has in it defaults to having two. Uh, 100% of the paging file of your RAM. So I had 2 gigs of RAM, so it took up all 4 gigs of my of my uh, solid-state disk, which made it boot like dog slow. I'm talking just right. freaking slow. And all I did was set the paging file to uh, no paging file because I didn't really need it on this PC with 2 gigs of RAM in there. You know, I'm not going to be running WoW and freaking... Uh, Thunderbird and Firefox all at the same time pick, taking up all that RAM. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't really need a paging file. Uh, once I did that, it freed up the 2 gigs. I had 2 gigs of extra space. I also had the extra space on the SD card because installing Backtrack on the SD card didn't reformat it. I had it in FAT32. It stayed in FAT32. I can still boot to it in FAT32. So, I used that extra space that I had from the 7 gigs left from the from the uh, SD card as extra space on XP. So I throwed Fire, I threw Firefox Portable on there. I threw uh, a couple other programs on there. And uh, now I have fully functional XP install with Backtrack at my fingertips. And literally, to take, take words out of the mouth of one of my buddies, I use the escape key, which is change... Uh, boot preferences as my bootloader. If I want backtrack, I go down to the SD card. If I want freaking XP, I just leave it going. So I don't really need Grub nice. anymore, you know? That's pretty cool. Uh, what, what applications did you use in backtrack? Did you do any hardcore testing at all? Or? Yeah, um, and thanks for the segue, actually. I was trying to get over to it. Um, there are so many absolutely crazy amount of applications in uh, in Backtrack 3 now. One, a couple of them that I'd like to touch on, though, particularly is Multigo. If you uh, watch Hack 5 or are, are adamant with the news, Multigo oh, is, evolution, <laughs> is evolution. Is uh, evolution. And I did an uh, episode on Hack 5 about evolution. And evolution for some reason had to change their name and Patevra, um, the company who who made Evolution, changed it to Multigo. And what Multigo is is basically a information gathering tool that correlates data. So you search a username, and it takes all these transforms, which are basically API calls to different websites, and collects everything about that uh, about that email address or username or whatever you decide to put into Multigo. And wow. yeah. So then you can hop of, off of that. Yes, it's very powerful. And it's Java, so it, it's, in, it's amazing that they put it into Backtrack 3. Also, the only downfall is Montego really needs a lot of uh, desktop real estate. You really need to have that space, and, and running it on the EPC is not, not as great. But you well, get that external... Yeah, you just get that external uh, video card, or I'm, I'm sorry, video, uh, the external monitor, and you're, you're all set. Um, 
couple of the other ones I wanted to point out was Fast Track and in and Inguma. I don't know how to pronounce Inguma correctly, so uh, I apologize if I'm doing it wrong. Fast Track. When I first tried out Fast Track, I, I was actually looking for Metasploit uh, Framework Three, and I accidentally went down to Fast Track, and and what it did was opened up a terminal. And in this terminal, it gave you uh, a couple options: Fast Track updates, external hacking, and internal hacking. So I got instantly, instantly in, interested in what this actually does. So, in Fast Track updates, it's amazing what this thing does. And it, all it is is it has to be some kind of Perl script. I'm not sure, um, or Python script or Perl script or some kind of script, but it, it does some automated things that you wouldn't find in anything that costs less than 25 grand uh, <coughs> core impact. So, um, it updates. Metasploit 3, it updates Aircrack NG, it updates Kismet, it updates Millworm, it up, uh, installs slap get get, which is basically uh, app get for uh, for backtrack. It so the, that's that's just one of the, one of the update features. When you go into uh, external or internal hacking, you're looking at something called Metasploit Autopone. And what Met Metasploit Autopone is, it, it correlates Nmap with Metasploit and uses those together. So it, if you have internal IDSs, I'd recommend not ever trying this out because you'll pop on every single thing possible and it, it's very loud. Um, but it scans the network, whatever you point it at. It can be a single IP or a network. And it uses Nmap to scan it, takes those XML outputs from Nmap, pushes it into Metasploit as data, scans those boxes and those services, particularly for the exploits that are available for those services. It then opens a session so that you have a remote shell into them. Now, you run this on a whole network, it's going to take a while. But the cool thing is that it'll open those sessions and keep them open. And, and while you're while it's doing the scan, you, you can... Has, did you ever have a chance to test it on, like, a gigabit network? See, the EEPC doesn't have a gigabit Ethernet port. Um, I have oh, not right. tried it. I have not tried it on a uh, laptop or PC that has an, a gigabit, but I that is a point to make. I'll try that out. Um, so while it's while it's still scanning, you can, and there, if there's a session that gets opened, you can connect to that session while the scan continues on. Right. Um, Tell me that isn't cool. I, that that is really cool. But uh, I know a lot of workplaces like now. What I've seen lately is a lot of workplaces have Wi-Fi set up. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, so did you, you must have had a chance to test out the Wi-Fi capabilities. Oh, instantly. That's the first thing anybody does whenever there's a new backtrack release. you got to crack web, right. of course. So, Just uh, drive um, around I, and... <laughs> so the uh, first thing I did was uh, I did some uh, war driving, cracked web on um, 
64-bit uh, key, which was rather simple and fast. And, you know, just got my feet wet with it. But it works wonderfully. The EPC has an Athros-based card, which does injection perfectly. Um, and I can't... It's it's a all-inclusive hacking box, really. And it, you can take it around in a case that does not look like a laptop case. You can take it in around in a purse if you need, if you wanted to. And, well, you could well, if you if you swing that like way. Yeah, you can take it around in a binder and and be um, having air crack. Just have at it, really. Yeah. Um, okay. If you write, I don't know if uh, Fast Track. Let me look real quick. Uh, has a air crack automatic uh, automatic air crack. Let's see, exploitation not upon port scanning. No, it doesn't have it. But I'm sure you could write a script that would find. Well, Y-Crawl does it. Why You could run Y-Crawl during the whole thing. Y-Crawl will automatically crack web. I'm pretty sure if you run, run the programs. Yep, and Y-Crawl's in there and fully functional in uh, Backtrack 3 Beta. Wow. So, um, uh, the creators of Backtrack, uh, oh, never mind. They, they, you talked about how they already created, like, all the, all the hardware works perfectly and everything works nicely with it. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I am amazed at just how well they made Backtrack 3 work on not only the EPC. I have some other hardware that it works well on as well. Some old hardware that Backtrack 2 didn't work on. And well, I'm, sitting on a, I'm sitting on an HP Pavilion DV9000. Mm-hmm. And the thing... Oh, yeah, those DVs are pain in the ass. Yeah, the, the, getting the, 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 the Wi-Fi card to work in it was a really, pain, really a kind of a pain in the ass to try to figure out. Right. Well, you got to try out Backtrack 3, see if it works out. Oh, totally. All right, well, we're coming up on... We're coming up on 27 minutes, so I'm going to wrap this up real quick. You got any questions about the EPC or, or Fast Track or Backtrack uh, 3? Um, you can email me at uh, uh, at hack5.org um, jd.mubix at gmail.com either or. Um, you can also find me at room362.com Where can they find you? Uh, I'm usually hanging out at the IRC and VinRev and okay. uh, that's pretty much it. Um, All right, well... This is Red Anthrax. Red Anthrax, and this is Mubix signing out. Thanks for tuning in to Hacker Public Radio. You guys have a nice night. <laughs>